0: Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. So, um, yeah, so I have um, been gone for a minute. Um, uh, People go, I had somebody text me and go, hey, where have you been? I have been all over the place, so I spent some time in Colorado. I did two things I went to Colorado Springs and hung out with Pastor Daniel, phenomenal church in Colorado. Um, uh, then went and spent some time in uh, Buena Vista, Colorado, uh, with a bunch of pastors, which is kind of one of my one of my vibes. I love hanging out with other pastors. Um, then uh, I drove back to Denver. One of the pastor's uh, family had a medical emergency, so I left a day early to get him back to a flight so he could be with his little girl. And... Um, thought I was staying across the street from a, from a Starbucks. It ended up being a Star Buds. That's not interchangeable. Um, I got ready to throw a picture up. but I felt like I was promoting pot. And uh, so, so that, was, uh, that, that was part of, part of the journey. Uh, then last week, I was speaking at a, at a church. Some of you guys remember Pastor Nick and Propel Church, which have just been super instrumental in, uh, in our journey. And uh, he was coming off of a 30-day sabbatical. And it was his first day back attending church, so I went and preached. And then this morning, remember to pray for them, is his first week back preaching. So it's been a journey. Uh, I have a little bit of my journey left to go. Part of what I'm doing is just spending time with other pastors and other churches. Because what happens is you get fishbowl syndrome. You're used to seeing what you see, so you do what you do. Sometimes you need to hang out with different people to see different things. Um, That's not good or bad. It's just different. Um I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know that I'm cut for being like Colorado one hundred percent. the church was great. The rest of the community I don't know about, right? Like like they do some things different there. Uh, there's a lot of granola uh, and i'm I'm fairly health conscious, but um, you know, I ate a sausage biscuit this morning. Don't tell my wife, oh, by the way, my wife's joining online. Uh, she is doing her retreat. Yeah, what's up, Pastor Tracy? Um, Pastor Tracy and Gretchen are all on Gretchen, if you don't know Gretchen, I call her OG. She's Tracy's oldest friend. Her name is Gretchen. So she hers. Anyway. Yeah. So we did go to a, this is super spiritual. We went to a um, Greensboro Grasshoppers game Friday night. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I'm not particularly a baseball fan. I mean, I I like it, but like, I'm not, I'm not that guy. Uh, Here's the problem. Um, I am super competitive. Uh, I am type A, so I don't care what we're playing, like, unless if we're at church and I have to remember to be like Jesus and all that stuff. But like, like other times, like I play to win. Um, like when I played my my son in shoots and ladders when he was little, I wanted to win. Because you can cheat with a five-year-old, and what do they know, right? So, so the point is. Um, we were there, and I was watching the game, and I got like super wrapped up in it. It, it was tied, and then then the other team went ahead in the tenth on, on like the worst call ever. And like I'm with like um, my 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 wife's friend, OG Gretchen, and um, her whole family, and like so I'm trying to be like, because I'm I'm in a Thrive shirt, so you got it right. And I'm like, oh, this is a horrible call. And then I'm like, on the anyway, and finally I just turned around and apologized and I said, look. This is who I am. I may never get invited back, but don't bring me to a game and tell me to pick a team and then expect me not to become emotionally invested. I'm type A. You knew that when you invited me, right? It's it's kind of like. Does anybody remember the 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 tiger, uh, the two tiger guys? I want to say Sick, Siegfried and Roy. Remember when one of them got eaten by a tiger or bit by a tiger, and it, the whole world was like, "Can you believe this happened?" And I'm like, "It's a tiger." Don't be shocked. Why are you shocked when a? If you would have said, "My parakeet bit me," I'd be like, "Oh wow, that's weird." Or my cat attacked me. I'm surprised. That doesn't happen all the time. I got mauled by a squirrel. I'm surprised. <laughs> I got mauled by a a tiger. Not on my top ten of surprises. So I got bit by an alligator. I'm not like, hello. So anyway, so we're in this series. Believe it or not, there's a segue here. Um, So we're in this series called Summer of Psalms. And on one hand, people go, oh, it's Psalms. Especially type A people, because we're not touchy-feely people. We're goal-oriented people. We're like, I don't care how you feel. Just do it. Type A people do not, like your feelings are not on their punch list. All my type A people said. So I sit there and go, okay, so so summer of Psalms excited me because I think one of the beautiful things about the Psalms is it causes us to slow down, especially type A's, and view God through a different lens. And it's a little bit more of a lens of introspection. Because here's the thing, type A's are good till they're not good. Most type A's end up in some type of very aggressive work, a task-oriented first responder, um, driven companies, um those kind of things, right? So what happens is this those personality types are great till they're not great. Well, here's the thing, David was this, do you ever feel like you don't have like a down the middle personality like on um, like this, like sometimes I'm like, man, I love Jesus, but sometimes I lose my crap. man, uh, I love my spouse but they get on my nerves. I love my kids. I just want them to take a nap. I make good money, but dang, I spend a lot. (laughs) Our next service will be a marriage counseling, particularly for the second row. So. So the point of it is, is this, is that that, that we are this, we are this um this, this contradiction of who we want to be. People say all the time, I don't want to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Well, so is the gym. So is so is the restaurant, so is the so is every other place that you go in life. Man, we say one thing, but we do something else. And what I love about David is on one hand, David killed like like people and animals, but then he danced before the Lord. They don't go together. David is like this mighty king warrior who's a bit of a man-ho. But at the same time, is a man after God's own heart. He's a murderer and a lover. David is the epitome of type A. He's got all these things going on, but he doesn't have a ton of direction. And then what happens is, as he's writing the Psalms, things begin to change. I, I love the 23rd Psalm. A lot of people think that that's a turning point for David. We read it at funerals, um, but that's not really the way David meant for it to be read. It's, it's really a turning point in his life. He's like, look, man, I'm getting ready to get just waxed by everybody around me. And he said this, he said, but you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I mean, that's a deep line, right? So what happens is this, is, is as we press on in, One of my favorite psalms is Psalms 34.4. And it reads like this. It said, I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me from some of my fears. That's not at all what it said. It said, I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me from all of my fears. Now, here's the question. What? Because I don't care who you are, or how bad you are, or how much you've got your, your life together. We are all afraid of something. Like, we all have this thing that keeps us up at night, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's relational, whether it's spiritual, whether it's whatever it is. We all have this thing that bugs us from our soul out. David figured something out. Now, this is the same David who had an affair and had a lady's husband killed and who who had the whole journey of life. David said this He said, I learned one thing that I sought the Lord. And and I was looking for a great way to define, like, what does seek the Lord mean? And I was like, so I was praying about this in Colorado, and I got a rental car, got a free upgrade. That's, that's a good day. And uh, so I was supposed to have a, a RAV4, and I ended up with a Jeep Grand Cherokee, which was ridiculous. And uh, so it was all black, black leather seats, black leather interior, and I have a black phone. And so I'm driving, uh, and I don't know if you've ever driven in, in like, Denver, um, but they're aggressive. For people who smoke a lot of pot, these people have some anger issues, right? And uh, so, so people are cutting over. I had a guy cut over on me. I had one of those cars that auto-corrects, so, like, it swerved for me, and then that freaked me out, so I swerved some more. It was, it was an incredible day. And my phone went flying through the car, and so here I am doing, like, and... Um, trying to find my phone and the car keeps correcting because I'm swerving and it's just not a good day. So finally I pulled over and I started looking for my phone and I can't find it. Like I'm looking in door panels, I'm looking under seats. I'm like, what? I know the rapture didn't happen and you took the iPhone. Like, you know, like (laughs) I'm confident. And then like for this minute, I get like this panicky moment going, I have lost my freaking phone in a car. In that moment, the Lord looked at me and said, when was the last time you looked for me this hard? You want to know what it means to seek the Lord? It means that you're not going to give up until you find it. Because if I hadn't have found it, my next option is go to find my iPhone. And then make it play a sound. And if that doesn't happen, I'm Amazon and one overnight to wherever I'm staying because I can't be without my phone. When was the last time in desperation we said, God, I can't spend a night without you? David said, I sought the Lord, he answered me because here's the thing David said, I figured out that the Lord is the answer to everything that causes me alarm or fear in my life. Why do we worry about losing our phones? Because that's our communication to the world. It's where we get our messages, our phone calls, our IGs, our Facebook posts. God said, when was the last time you were that desperate to hear from me that you would search for me no matter what? I saw it. I looked after. I searched for the Lord. Matter of fact, um. Here's what I believe. I think that, that people came in today and they've got big issues and you've got big stuff going on in your life. Now, I tell our team this all the time. We have 52 weeks in a year that we get to serve the world around us, right? Like Thrive exist, one, to make Jesus famous. How do we do that? By helping people know, grow, and go in God. That's, it's a simple game plan. But you never know what people are coming in. Some people, this is their last shot at reaching at God this morning, whether they're watching online or they're here in house. For some people, this is the last shot they're giving their marriage. For some people, this is the last shot that they're giving God. Period. Um, I, I talked to a pastor yesterday and and remember to pray for this family. But uh, the guy lost his dad and the wife, uh, the mom went into to to a for some mental health was committed and. The girlfriend, fiance, broke up with him and he went off into the woods. He was a firefighter in a big town and committed suicide. Nobody saw it coming. For some people, this is the last shot. And I often think, man, if you'll just seek the Lord, if you'll seek the Lord, you will find Him. So man, I don't know what you're dealing with today, how big or how small your problem is, but I'm going to tell you what the answer is. This is the quick version. When you seek the Lord, everything else begins to fall in line. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this. He said uh, in Matthew 7, 7 7-10, He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open For everyone who asks receives. I love the fact that he uses the verb everyone, because what we want to do is we want to disqualify, disqualify ourselves for our ability to connect with God based on our failures. Have you ever just felt unworthy to really pray? God's not going to hear me because I fill in the blank. God's not going to save me because I did this to myself. God, there's no way God cares because look at the way I've, I've stewarded my life. Here's what I want to tell you. That's all a lie. Jesus said, no, look, it's 100% a lie. I want you to say that's a lie. So the next time you that, that real plays in your head of you being unworthy, I want you to look at yourself and out loud, I want you to go, that's just a lie. That's just not true. That's not the way God views me. Here's the thing. Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. The more lost you are, the more God is looking for you. But what God wants you to do is look back. Do you ever notice when you're searching for somebody in the woods and you're like, 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 Jim is lost. Jim! Jim! Can you imagine if Jim just sat by the tree and watched you walk by? You'd be like, Jim? Yeah. God said this. He said, I can't be the only one calling out. I need you to call in response. God is. If you're dealing with that, that, that big thing going on in your life, you have to understand this, that God said that everybody who asks and who seeks and who knocks said for anyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be open for which one of you if his son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for fish will give him a serpent i'm about to help you go deep in your theology are you ready do you, are you ready i mean this is like this will change your life this is jesus teaching right And Jesus said, here's the thing I want you to understand. If your son asked you for um, um, a a piece of bread, back then they were small loaves, right? How many of you guys would give him a stone? And everybody in the house went, there's no way I'd give my hungry kid a a rock. What kind of parent do you think I am? What if your kid asked you for a piece of fish? Would you give him a... When he says a serpent, it means a poisonous snake. Would you give him a poisonous snake? And you're like, Jesus, what kind of. I mean, like, we're sinful, but we ain't that. Can I get a witness? Jesus says this. What he's echoing is this principle of if you're a mom or dad and your kid calls out in the night. Now, let's be honest, we know what our kid, like, yelling sounds like, right? Like, especially if you got more than one kid. Um, if I haven't been around kids in a while, when a kid yells, I'm like, go, go. And the moms are like, no, that's not serious. They're just crying. Don't worry about it. What'd you say? And then there's like this, mamas know what I'm talking about. And then there's like this, mama. And mom's like, ah, you know, here she goes. The bear is out, right? Ra. Because a mom knows the difference. And they're screaming. A dad is the same way. A dad's like, ah, oh, stop being whiny. Stop being whiny. And then he's like, who do you need me to kill? Do you know why? Because. You're good parents. If your kid called for you in the night, you would answer them. Matter of fact, not only would you answer them, you would turn the light on and show them that it's just a jacket. That there's no reason to be afraid. That it's it's not a monster under their bed. It's just a set of matchbox cars. Or do you get what I'm saying? It, 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 we have the ability to extend comfort to our kids because we love them. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter seven, verse eleven. This is the end of that same conversation. He said, "If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, good give things to the, Him who asks? Here's the thing. Jesus said this. He said, what are you praying about? Well, Jesus, said, I've got a physical thing going on in my body. Well, I know this as a parent. When my kid was sick, I've said this. If I could do anything to take this away, I would. Do you know the difference between us and Jesus? He can and He did. People go, what do you think God's will for for our lives for healing is? And I'm like, well, to me it's simple. And it comes out of Matthew. I think it is God's will to heal us. I think think it's appointed unto each man once to die. Like you're not going to escape death unless if you go by rapture. But other than that, I think God's will is for you to be healthy and whole, you know Jeremiah 29 11, you know uh, that I want you to prosper and I want I, you know I have plans to bless you and to prosper you and to do good and all these things and so I sit there and go man it's not hard for me to know the will of the father now what's God's will for your finances I think God wants to bless you to the point that you can steward it well if you start getting stingy God will stop sending it to you if you can't be faithful with it he'll shut the flow off. Why? Because God, while God wants to bless his children, he refuses to raise spoiled children. That's why, that's why in good and bad, it's important for us to seek God. He said this, he said, man, he said, I sought the Lord, and he called the answer. And then he said, Man, if you ask, seek, knock, you'll find and I'm gonna answer. But if you notice the ask, seek knock is a progressive sense of looking for. Man, when was the last time you really said God? I'm going to seek you because I know that your will is to take care of what I'm afraid of. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, so so as I understand the will of God, I've got to begin to flow in the will of God. Galatians 5.25 says this. It says, so if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so... um, I was talking with Brandon. We were actually talking. Uh, he wrote most of this in a conversation we had. I we were I was talking about the psalm, and then he started talking, and he said, he said this. So we love to go. It, we he loves to go pier fishing. Okay, no fishermen. Great. And um, so here's the thing: if you've ever been to the beach, you, you'll notice this that when when you generally when you're talking to somebody, somebody is standing with their back to the wind, and somebody is generally standing facing the wind. The person that's trying to talk into the wind, you can never hear a word they're saying. And all you're hearing is... And you're like, what? But the person who's talking with the wind, you'll hear them 15 miles away. Have you ever heard some? My funniest story ever was we were walking with these two ladies in front of us and we were back here and then there was a group behind us. Well, the group behind us was walking with the wind and they were making fun of two of the people that were up here but did not realize that when you talk with the wind... It carries a long way. And finally, the two ladies up here turned around and chastised those two ladies. And I just sat back and got some popcorn and watched it go off because I have that personality. Um, because here's the thing, that when you try to walk with... Scripture says this the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit came like a mighty Russian wind. That, that sometimes people talk about that why you can't see God move, sometimes you can feel God move a lot like the wind. Galatians 5.25 says, so, so those that live in the Spirit, let them keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, walk with the wind. It's easier to hear God when you're walking in the same direction as God. It's harder to hear God when you're walking against the wind. In other words, when you're walking against the will and the way of God. So if you're here and you go, man, I've got this big problem, man. The first thing I'm going to say is is this that, that, that submit to the Lord. To him who knows it's a sin. It's a sin. If you don't know any better, don't worry about it. When I was a young Christian, I did all kinds of stuff because I didn't know any better. As I've matured, I've learned more. So here's the thing. Be where you are with God. But be moving the same direction as God. It's not about where you start. It's about where you end up. So what happens is this. We begin to walk with God. We begin to understand that the will of God is to bless us We begin to understand that God has a flow. But then I think we find ourselves in this other place. Scripture says this in Matthew 14, 25 through 33. It says, On the fourth watch of the night, he, being Jesus, came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and they said, It's a ghost! And they cried in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, do, uh, you know, take hard, do not be afraid. And Peter answered Him said, Lord, if it's You, command me to come out on the water with You. I want you to understand this, that Peter's seeking the Lord in this moment. Now everybody's going to dog Peter because in a minute he's going to make a mistake, but I want you to pay attention to something. Verse 30 said, But when he saw the wind... Oh, it says, so, he came, so he said, come, and Peter went out to the boat and walked on the, walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind... He was afraid and he began to sink sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Here's the reality. That when you begin to sink, the Lord will save you anytime you cry out. Because when I sought the Lord, I called and he answered. He saved me from all of my fears. I want you to pay attention to this. Jesus immediately reached out and took his hand, took a hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Now I want you to pay attention to something. The wind didn't cease until they got to the boat. See, sometimes when you're really crying out to the Lord, you have to walk through something. What we want to do is, man, I cried out to God and the wind stopped and we went back to the boat. That's not how it works. What God said is this. He said, you're never going to learn how to trust Me until we walk through some storms together. You're not going to learn that you called and I answered, but I answered you in the storm. And the way to get through the storm is to walk out of the storm. Does this make any sense to you? Like like sometimes, I'd love to tell you you're never going to have to go anything through anything because Jesus loves you. But as good parents, we let our kids go through stuff so that they mature. Nobody wants to amen that at all. You are going to go through stuff. You're going to get doctor's reports that you don't like. You're going to get financial reports that you don't like. You're going to get political reports that you don't like. You're going to get some spiritual trials. Somebody's going to say something stupid in the church. No, listen. I, I said, we are an imperfect church full of imperfect people serving a perfect God. Look, stupid does not leave here because we love Jesus. You know what I pray? I pray that we're mature enough to walk in the grace and mercy that we receive from God with the people around us. Because here's the thing everybody loves receiving grace, people hate giving it. People love receiving mercy, they just hate extending mercy. Does this make any sense to you? Like, so Jesus talks and He's like, man, you got to understand something that sometimes, just like with Peter, knowing that I have great love for you, I'm never going to let you sink, but I am going to ask you to hold my hand and walk through the storm with me. And it says this, it said, and those that were in the boat worshipped Him saying, truly you're the Son of God. I want you to really pay attention to the end of that because of Peter's faith in seeking the Lord. It caused people to worship Him. We're going to lean into that at the end of this next uh, deal um, Luke 18, 35-43, this is the story when Jesus heals, heals the blind beggar. So here's what I want you to understand is that, first of all, I, I just want to go from the beginning to where we're at. I sought the Lord and he answered. Because Jesus echoes what David says and says, man, ask, seek, and knock. And then he says, man, you know what? I, I, I've got this heart for you when you move with the Spirit. Galatians 5.25. He said, I, I, you know, what? those that are in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, understanding that, If you ask for something and you're an evil dad and you would do it, how much more would it be God's will to do that for you? Like if you were God, would you save you from it? Well, if you can say yes being evil at your core, full of sin, right? Being redeemed by Jesus. How much more would God do it? Yeah, but I knew somebody who, man, stop filling in the blanks with stuff you don't know about. I know people all the time that that try to base their religion on somebody else's walk. You can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. I I prayed for a lady one time. This is a sidebar. I prayed for a lady one time. I walked in. She said, oh, pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I need God to heal me. I said, okay, I'll pray for you. I walked in and prayed for her. Just power of God kind of moment, right? And as I got to the door, two of her old lady friends came in. They said, how are you doing? She said, I'm about to die. What I want to do is walk back in and go. Which one are we praying for? If you about to die, let's just pray you out of here, right? Let's make I just because I pray that prayer. Look, if I walked into a ninety-year-old woman one time, the whole family called me and said, "Hey, Pastor, will you come pray for my grandma? She's getting ready to die." And I walked in. I said, "Hey, how do you want me to pray for you?" She said, "Baby, I don't feel like God's done with me." I said, no, "Let's pray you get up." The doctor said, well, "She's not going to get up. She's going to die." I said, "Okay." We prayed for her. three days. Later, she walked out at ninety-five. Now it's a cool deal, right? Like it's not me. It's God. Five, days, five years later, they come back and say, hey, will you come in and pray for Grandma? She's going to die. I walked in and said, how do you want to pray for her? How do you want me to pray for her? And she said, baby, I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. I said, okay, let's pray God kills you. I didn't say it that harsh. I said, let's pray God eases you from this world to the next. I, mean, I didn't say, like, let's, give me a pillow here. No, I'm just kidding. And so, <laughs> that was so mean. I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. Look, I hadn't preached in a while. You gotta, I, got, I got three weeks of pin up Jesus and flesh all trying to come out of Santa. So anyway, so I looked at her and said, how do you want me to pray for you? And she said, you know what, I, I, I'm just tired. And so, well, let's pray that God eases you from this world to the next. I prayed for her, and her whole family's in the room. We all prayed together. And literally, as I hit the door, she flatlined and was gone. And the family began to cry, and I walked back in the room and I said, guys, oh whoa, whoa, whoa. This lady served God for 95 years. This is not to be... Mourn your side of it, man. Mourn missing grandma and great-grandma and all that, right? Like, I get that. But don't mourn for her. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. She didn't die. She went home. You know, I hate when people that that are in the faith, people go, oh, I lost my mama. No, like, you misplaced her? No, you didn't lose her. She graduated from this life to the next. Don't don't talk like that. Here's the thing. Oftentimes we don't understand God's process because we don't look to see what He's really trying to do. Does this make any sense? When I understand the will of the Father, I can operate with the Father, understanding that I will go through some stuff. Then ending, He says this. uh, Luke 18.35-43, again, the blind beggar. As As he draws near Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside. Hearing the crowd go by, he inquired, what does it mean? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is coming by. Which means they really told him not just Jesus was coming by, but all the stuff Jesus had been doing. What had Jesus been doing? Jesus has been healing people, delivering people from demons, um, letting people free from their past, letting people free from their sins. He's been doing ridiculous stuff. So this, this crippled guy goes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it, those that were in the front rebuked Him telling Him to be quiet. Because people are always going to try to dictate your faith journey. People are always going to try to convince you of whether or not you're worthy, where you should go to church, how you should worship, what version of the Bible you should read, what music you should like. What You need me to keep going? You can't let anybody else tell you how to how to approach Jesus. One guy approached Jesus in the in the dead of the night. Scripture said. Other people ambushed Jesus. Other people were dropped from a roof to Jesus. Other people weren't even sure what they thought about Jesus. Remember, hey, who who do people say I am? Well, some people say you're this. Some people say like like everybody has a different opinion because I think this your glide slope into meeting Jesus is different. How did you meet your spouse? We all met our spouse Have ever go. We met on online. I, one of my buddies goes, "Hey, don't tell anybody this. We met at a club. I don't care how you met. Are you in love, or is Jesus the center of your relationship like 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 th- like this? I knew a guy one time that oh, I'm going to stop. Okay, anyway, he said this. he said, but he cried out." All the more. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded that He be brought to Him. Why? Because those that seek, find. Those that ask, I sought the Lord and He answered me. If He will do it for a blind beggar, whatever you need to cry out to God for this morning, you can have, but you can't let the people in your life influence your ability to reach out and call for God. Jesus said this. I love this line. When He came near Him, Jesus asked Him, what do you want me to do? I think that's the question God's asking you today. Like maybe you've gone through a bad divorce and and God's going, man, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to heal your heart? Maybe you're going through a financial season. God's going, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to provide for you? Maybe you're going through a physical thing. God's going, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to heal you? Before you get crazy, I think God works through medicine and through the natural. And through the supernatural. Look, I'll take a Tylenol and pray that God heals me. Because I think God made Tylenol work. But I think when medicine stops, my hope doesn't. That's where Jesus steps in. We're going to look at that in just a second. But anyway, He said, what do you want me to do for you? And He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and began to follow Him, glorifying God. And when all the people saw it, they gave God praise. Because here's the thing, the purpose of you going through the storm is not punishment. I hate it when people go, well, I guess God let me go through this to teach me a lesson. Well, one, stop. God is, God is not gonna make you go. If God wants to teach you a lesson, God can teach you all kinds of ways. Now I think God, God does go through, let us go through stuff to grow us, but not like out of some twisted, sick, perverted way of like playing with humanity. God said, Look, I need you to go through something so that people can see what I'm able to do in your life so that when they see it, they'll understand that it's only me that can do it. And because it's only me that can do it, they have no no opportunity or no other option but to worship me for what I'm able to do. Because here's the thing, until you get faith, you have to borrow faith. I have people all the time, why do they want the pastor to come? Because the pastor's got a story for everybody who's ever been in your situation that they've seen God do something in. I don't have an MVP card to the front of their line. It's not like when I pray, God's like, Shh, everybody else be quiet, the pastor's praying. God's never called me pastor one time. You know what God calls me? Son. You know what He calls you? Son or daughter. God loves you and hears your prayer as much as He hears mine. God loves you the same equal amount that God loves me. And here's what he said. He said, every child that I have is the apple of my eye. See, my, my family, we always try to figure out who's the favorite. I know it's not me. It's really down to two sisters. I believe I know the one that it is. Um, <laughs> if you don't know Wendy, she's way nicer than I am. She should have been the one called to the ministry, but um, her grace and mercy and stuff is way better than mine. But, but here's the reality. I love watching my sisters get together because they argue about it and I will set that off in a minute. It's a spiritual (laughs) gift that I have. I'll be like, so which one do you think's mom's favorite? God said this. My parents always... So so my parents try to play that get out of jail free card. They go, you know what? You're all our favorite. We love you all in different ways. I'm in the back going, bull crap. (laughs) You know the reality though? God said this. He said, When we have a child, they're born, and we don't know what their personality is going to be. We don't even know what their hair color is going to be most of the time, right? Like you get into that weird genetic stuff where like a blue-eyed and a brown-eyed person have have four different, you know, whatever. But God said this way, before you were formed, I knit you together in your mother's womb. I formed you and I fashioned you, and I created you with a purpose meaning this, that when God said, you're the apple of my eye, he means this. He's like, man, I created you so special that only you can be you. And I love you for the uniqueness that God created you to be. It's like when a couple gets married, there'll never be a couple like that again, because you've got a unique woman marrying a unique guy, in a unique part of the country, in a unique financial situation with a unique set of bags. It's like a snowflake, and I don't mean that like in a political sense. I mean that like like in a like in a uniqueness by God, like it'll never happen again. When are you going to look and go, man, the stuff that's inside of you is stuff that God put there? And the personality that you have, and even some of the hurdles that you have are all there for God's use and for God's benefit. And because God loves you, He's calling you not to run from those things, but to embrace them. Why? Because God said this. He said, I created you unique and all I want you to do is call out to me and let me answer. I want you to seek me so that you can really find me. And I'm not interested how you compare to all the other kids. I just want your heart. I just want you to love me as much as I love you. See, one of the great things about having a parent is when they're little, they want you for everything. They need you for their daily bread. But then as they mature, they need you less and less. Until one day they leave and all you want them to do is come back home just for a minute. Now you understand the heart of your father the more you think you've, you've got your life together. See, so when I was a baby in Christ, I needed Jesus for everything. Like, like, But then as I matured in the Lord, somehow I knew more about God, but I felt like I needed Him less. Come on. And what God said is, what I want you to do is call. and Let me answer. Whatever's broke, tell me about it. And let's walk through that storm together and let me heal it. See, here's the reality. God has plans for you, Jeremiah 29 11. Plans to bless you, to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. That's God's will for your life. And when we step into that and we call out to that and we let God heal our body and heal our hearts and heal our souls, heal our sin, we have God answer us in ways that only God can. So we come to close with with just every head down, every eye closed. I know we've got some visitors here, man, and we welcome you. But I want you to, just for a moment, know that this is home. This is your Father's house. Whether you're going to come forever or this is a one-time visit, you're in your Father's house. And I think right now what your Father is saying is that if there's anybody who's far away from me here or online, you're not where you're supposed to be with God. Will you just slip your hand up? I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray over you. Thank you so much. Can we, can we pray together? I don't, I don't think we ever do anything alone at Thrive. We only do things as, as a team and as a church. Can we pray with those folks that raise their hand? Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. Forgive me of my sins. And make me right with You. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm here, but I'm going through some stuff. Man, I'm, 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 not, I'm not okay. I'm okay, but I'm not okay. Will you just slip your hand up? I just want to pray over you. Thank you, thank you. God, for every hand that's going up across this building. God, You know the issues. God, You know the problems. You know the stuff that's going on. Father, will You answer the prayer of Your children as they cry out? Father, I know that that's Your will. I know that's what You're going to do. But Father, will You give them the confidence, the faith, in knowing that You will answer their call? In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.